This Week in Tech. Now's your chance to get caught up on all that's happening in the technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now, here's Gene Destro. This week, recovering from a cyber attack, electronic surveillance, and digital license plates. We'll also hear about how cryptocurrency investors may have just lost millions of dollars and a hedgehog-inspired football helmet. All this and more, coming up. The city of Akron is still working to remove all traces of the ransomware virus that recently shut down parts of the city's network and is still causing some internal communication problems. Press Secretary Ellen Landernish. All public-facing systems are now back online, including our 311 online bill pay and our website. So citizens should basically see no difference in their ability to interact with the city. And Mayor Dan Horrigan's chief of staff, James Hardy, says we shouldn't expect a quick fix. It will definitely take a lot of people, power, and money to remediate our systems. I think that it's important for folks to know that this is going to take weeks and potentially months to get everything back up to where it was before. And local cybersecurity expert Dr. John Nicholas from the University of Akron says attacks like this can happen anywhere. And this should be a warning to every city, especially the smaller cities in the surrounding Akron, anywhere where there's an unlocked door, so to speak, they're going to walk through it and see how far into that building they can get. Data security and privacy has been a huge issue worldwide in the past few weeks, with both Facebook and Apple leading the way through stunning revelations that both Apple's operating system and Facebook developer apps enabled surveillance of customers. First, we'll look at how the Apple software issue was discovered. CBS News correspondent Janice Yu. It was pretty confused at first, like, how can you hear me? That confusion turned out to be a major bug in the group FaceTime software. There's a glitch. Grant and his mother, Shell recreated the glitch that really night. My son would like to FaceTime me. The next day, January 20th, Michelle Thompson tried to get Apple's attention. I'm pretty tenacious. Took to Facebook and Twitter, even sending a letter on her law firm's letterhead. I thought I did everything. She got a response through email about what steps she should take, but received no indication her concerns were being looked at. After nine days of silence and a public statement saying they were aware of the issue, Apple finally reached out yeah, to the Thompsons. It was frustrating. Since then, Apple disabled their group FaceTime chat feature and promised a software update that would eliminate the problem. And just a day or two after we found out about that, it was discovered that Facebook was distributing an app that was only supposed to be used by developers and paying users, some of them as young as 13, to allow the social network to track their every move. Once Apple found out about it, they disabled the app, as well as a number of others, causing a huge panic among Facebook employees that relied on those apps to get their work done. Now, since then, Apple has updated and re-enabled those apps. CBS tech consultant Larry Maggot. It makes sense that Apple and Facebook would quickly resolve this spat over Facebook's use of what should have been an internal testing app to gather personal information on a voluntary basis from adult and teenage research subjects. Because at the end of the day, Apple and Facebook need each other. Facebook depends on Apple's platform for people to run its apps, and accessing Facebook apps, including Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, are among the major uses for Apple's products. But when it comes to Facebook, which just celebrated its 15th anniversary, by the way, it seems no matter what they do, we put up with it. 
Facebook seems to have immunity. I'm Brian Cooley from CNET in search of the next big thing. The headlines around Facebook's privacy trespasses of numerous types has been a loud drumbeat for at least the last year. But it doesn't seem like you care. The company just reported 9% more people using the service compared to the same quarter a year ago, and that revenue in that same period was up 30%. Those aren't exactly numbers that indicate we're taking Facebook to task. Part of the reason is Facebook's ubiquity. If you care at all about social media, it's the biggest game in town. And even if you try to bail on it, you probably still use one or more of its other businesses, like WhatsApp or Instagram. Companies that make a living off our data aren't stupid. They've watched over the last 20 years of major data breaches and noticed that almost never do we customers leave the source of the breach. Or if we do, it's only partially and temporarily. We get the privacy we act for, not that we ask for. Know what's next at CNET. Also today, a story about a vast amount of money that investors in the Quadriga CX cryptocurrency exchange can no longer access. That's because the co-founder and CEO of the company, Gerald Cotton, died without leaving behind the password that unlocks $190 million in assets. And now the company has filed for bankruptcy protection. CNET editor Ian Schur. All this data is stored somewhere. It's not like these bitcoins disappeared. If these people eventually find the password, they will be able to get it back. But part of the promise of this technology is that it's so secure that it can't be easily hacked. Next, a story about a potentially life-saving device that actually helps diagnose illness from right inside your own body. Australian researchers have created a smart pill, a vitamin-sized pill that's packed with sensors and electronics designed to monitor the gases inside your body in real time, measuring hydrogen, carbon dioxide, and oxygen levels in the gut. Its developers say it could revolutionize treatment of gastrointestinal disorders as well as to help diagnose a variety of conditions. In trials, the smart pill was able to identify a previously unknown immune system mechanism in which the stomach uses an oxidizer to attack invading organisms. Jim Shenevy, CBS News. And on this week after the Super Bowl, word from Dr. Emily Kennedy and her research team at the University of Akron that they're just about to license a brand new kind of football helmet that's designed to help prevent concussions. Kennedy says the hegemon is lined with 3D printed quills that mimic the ones on a hedgehog. They do bend, but they very rarely break, so they kind of act like springs. Next, a story about a surprising and innovative new gadget for your car. You'll never guess which part of your car is starting to go digital. I'm Jeff Colvin of Fortune Magazine with the Fortune Business Update. It's the license plate. Michigan has just followed California and Arizona in approving digital license plates. The new plates aren't stamped sheets of metal like we've used for a century. They're computers, shaped like license plates, but thicker. A digital screen displays your car's number, but authorities can also remotely post warnings on the screens, showing amber alerts when children are kidnapped, or displaying the word stolen if someone steals your car. 
Only one company called Reviver Auto makes the digital plates, which are not mandatory, and they aren't cheap. The basic version costs $500. A premium version with a GPS navigation add-on is $800. That feature can alert a company if a worker drives a company vehicle beyond the usual service area. Both versions of the plate require a $7 monthly subscription fee. We're still in the dead of winter right now. Soon enough, it'll be spring. And time to either break out the old lawnmower or hire somebody to mow your lawn. But what if that somebody was actually a something? Deborah Rodriguez has more. Get ready to Roomba on your front lawn. The same company that created the robotic home vacuum is unveiling the first autonomous lawnmower. It's square and flat and runs for about an hour before you have to recharge it. iRobot CEO says creating Terra was tricky because it had to be taught to navigate a typical American yard without destroying the flower beds. There's no word on how much it costs. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. And here's something you don't hear about every day. An electronic horse manure tracker. Yes, there actually is such a thing, and Jim Crisula tells us where. Charleston, South Carolina, is now testing out GPS technology to track waste left on city streets by carriage horses and mules. Dan Riccio is overseeing the project. You know, our main purpose is to be able to call in these spills faster and respond to these spills uh, much quicker. Charleston has relied on small rubber balls topped with flags to mark animal waste. Carriage operators will now carry a small device with a button they press to alert a sanitation crew when animals relieve themselves. Jim Crisula, CBS News. And that's it for now. See you next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news and find more online at WAKR.net.